Welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, presented by Paul Spain, Bradley Burrows and guests. This is the NZ Tech Podcast. You are here listening to episode 35. We've got the band back together. So, after a little bit of a break, uh, at least for Skip and Brad, they're back here joining me on the NZ Tech Podcast. So, great to have you back, guys. Yes, we. Uh, I missed doing the show. It was good fun. I was so sick. <laughs> I'm glad to be back. Well, yeah. you're seeming a lot better than the way you were sounding oh. uh, via tweets and the like last week. So well, When we were uh, getting ready to do thing. our pre-show, I was so ill. <laughs> but anyway, I'm glad we're back together. It's good to get the show. And Skip, how was your trip to the other side of the universe as we, um, as we know it? It's, it's quite a long way to go, really, isn't it? It's mm. a long way to go without the internet, shall we say. <laughs> no, but it was great. Great to go across the UK, experience a different part of the world, experience technology in a different part of the world. And um, yeah, it was a great conference on broadcasting, so it was awesome. Excellent. All right, well, um, good. Great to have everyone back together. So uh, you're here with myself, Paul Spain, Bradley Burrows, and Skip Parker. We will dive into our agenda for this evening. We have a whole bunch to catch up on and to, and to cover. Uh, there is a robotics event happening in Auckland we'll chat about. There was um, some new projector technology launched last week. We talk about news from Amazon, uh, Roku, new Windows phones, uh, Hotmail news, Xbox, and a whole bunch more. And, of course, some um, some news from Apple coming up as well. So uh, let's jump straight in. Boots and all. So, what's the big news for the week, guys? What would you say would be the number one thing over the last week that is uh, that has happened? The Kindle. Yeah, I'm in love with it. Yeah, it's beautiful, and it, it's it's major it looks, news overseas. Yeah, it looks awesome. Well, there's more than just one, isn't there? There's three new yep. Kindles that have come out. So, I love the Fire though. So the we've fire. got the Fire, which is the the sort of modded up uh, Android based tablet. At what 199 US dollars for yep, a little yep. seven inch tablet? That sounds pretty cool. Yep. And it's got a new browser, right? Yes. Which is is quite a different take on um, on on browsers. So yeah, I mean, it looks interesting the way that it you you it backends everything into Amazon. From what I was reading about last night, I mean, you put me onto the, some good sites to get through it, and it obviously. So the pro side is it's using all the Amazon services, you're, you're talking to them, they're handling a lot of the authentication and everything. The flip side from the few of the reviews I've read is the whole privacy concern, is that everything goes through Amazon and they've got all that data and they can do whatever they like with it. Right. And, and even in the um, licensing when you sign up, they actually um, one of the reviewers are saying you do sign up to Amazon being able to hold that data and play mm, with it so yeah. but the concepts are so cool so the, con- really- the concept is instead of having a, the normal just sort of you know browser like firefox or whatever on your uh, on your tablet you've got their their um uh, amazon's uh, custom uh browser which is silk called browser. the silk browser isn't it mm-hmm. and it basically takes spreads the load between your tablet having to sort of do the processing and and making it all look right and so on and it puts some of that load on amazon servers out there on the internet so you end up basically seeing things quicker and you know in theory maybe they look they look a little bit better too right yeah and i mean it's not it's a lot of that load gets put mm-hmm. on the amazon services so that's why you can have like a low power um, device like the Kindle Fire um, having amazing battery life but also produces these beautiful rich websites so mm. yeah, oh, it's a really really cool thing what did you see over there in the UK Skip? Uh, a lot of front page news on it a lot of people quite keen on it I, I'm guessing that this is going to continue using that agreement that they have globally with uh, mobile partners for that free no there's no 3G in it at all right. so this is just a Wi-Fi only device uh, it's smaller than most of the tablets we've seen out there in yep. fact it's yep. very very similar um, to the BlackBerry Playbook, so a little little seven inch um, size. But you know, I quite like that seven inch size for a tablet. And you know, in terms of being able to uh, introduce it at that one nine nine US price point, well, you know, I think that that makes that does make a lot of sense. I mean, the only thing we've seen cheaper would have been the HP touchpads when uh, they were they were selling those off, and those were a full you know a full size. Um, screen right so 10.1 inch yeah but amazon are taking a hit on, on the hardware 
Yeah, they are. They're Amazon, losing ten dollars. Yeah, they're losing. In theory, $10 they may be making a small a small loss. Um, I mean, there have been articles saying either way that hey, they've either made ten bucks or they've lost ten bucks. Doesn't really matter for Amazon in the scheme of it. Doesn't matter for consumers. The thing is, it's a good price point, and if Amazon sell them, then they're going to sell heaps of videos, books, other content that'll that'll more than make up for it. No, you know, I guess when you look at you know, there's a lot of things that that companies will sell at a loss. You know, like you know, PlayStation, Xbox type consoles, yeah, uh, and then they make it up on the on the content. I don't so. quite understand Amazon's model because they make a loss on a lot of things, which is kind of cool to get into the market. But if they're thinking of making uh, gains on selling books, for example, I mean, they're already making a loss on those as mm. well. So it's kind of like I think it, they're pretty profitable on books. I mean, they're making they're making a profit book. somewhere. But, Absolutely. No, but on the electronic books, even I've heard comments where they have yep. cut price and they're going well under. They're paying publishers more than what they're getting out of it. So somewhere, I mean, it'll be interesting to see where they go. I mean, let's face it, they've been around forever, and they've grown to be this massive company from nothing, and they made losses for right through the dot bomb eras and everything. It was just crazy, but. Um, yeah, no, the huge globally. I've just saw nothing but news about this on the front page and in the media. No. So everyone's very keen on this, and I, I think that that whole momentum that they have when they do something could. I don't know if they'll challenge the iPad as such. It's a different market, though, isn't it? It is a different market, but I mean, it's definitely. I mean, people will upgrade. Oh yeah, I mean, but what will happen, especially when money's tight, people will look at their, their dollars and they go. Well, what do I want to do? Well, the iPads are not really a, it's not a PC. You know, it's really hard to type documents on. I really use it for reading books and reading the internet pages. Cool. Okay. Oh, hold on. Amazon's out here. They've got an amazing bookstore and it's got a web browser. Hey, guess what? Am I going to spend $1,000 in Kiwi or am I going to spend, four, let's convert 199 say, let's just say that's 280 Kiwi. I'm doing some rough math. So, you know. It's not being released in the New Zealand no, market at this time, though. No, so but we'd have to get it from the US. But, I mean, at the end of the day, if it, you know, those type of things are going to factor in. I mean, and it's built on Google's operating system as well, isn't it? Yep. So, <coughs> I'm but, sure. they, but they haven't really got Google's permission, so no. they've gone and taken Google's, open, well, the open source, source. code of, Amazon, of an old version of Amazon, um, and then they've played around with it to build their own stuff. So, um, yeah, but that's open yeah. source. You can do that. And, Ab- you know. abs- absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so now what about the other devices? There were um, there were there were two two others. So we've obviously got the new tablet. Um, we've got a seventy nine dollar um, Kindle as well, which is very similar to the existing Kindle uh, Wi Fi Kindle we've seen before. Um, it's got uh, no keyboard though. That's sort of the major difference, and no uh, speaker. So for those that you you know would have used their device for Audible and and listening to. Uh, uh, audio content that's gone as well, um, and my understanding is that also has, is their sort of ad-supported product. So when you're reading a book, there's not ads there, but when you you know your lo- your um, you know sort of screensaver and various other screens comes up with with ads and offers and so on. That would be annoying but, having um, adverts in a book, eh? <laughs> Yeah, imagine it. That would just, be crazy. It blanks the screen and forces but, you to read an advert for thirty seconds, like a like a you know TVC coming on uh, when you're watching television. Exactly. But then yeah. again, that would be pretty annoying getting that in the middle of a TV program, and uh, we've kind of got used to that. I, I don't know about you, but I've seen nothing but Kindles when I travel in lounges. Yeah. People reading Kindles. The battery life on those things are ridiculous. So the technology is fantastic. Yeah, look, I mean, when I travel overseas, I mean, I see bucket loads of Kindles. Yep. Everywhere and I look. If I get a chance, I mean, hopefully I'm in the US in December. I'm, you know, I look at getting one of these Kindles. Hmm. The Fire looks fantastic. It really, really does. And it's only Wi-Fi, which for me is fine. So, hmm. yeah. I mean, like I haven't. I think I said a few weeks ago. I haven't turned on my iPad for two months now because I've got my little HP Mini, which has got a keyboard, and and it's just yeah. I mean, something like the Kindle would just be even better for me for when I'm travelling because all I want to do is just read stuff. So, well, the other Kindle which came out, of course, is the Touch Kindle. So, what's that one? So, again, that doesn't have a keyboard, but just it's it's a touch screen instead. So, um, but yeah, it, just it, a, a you know a, a little step step um, step along the track. It does have the electrostatic display that the Kindles have. Uh, yes, it's still that the. the E-paper or electronic yeah. paper, mm. so um, you know it's it uh, it means it's got long battery life yeah. and 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 so on. So cool, very very cool. All right, so that's Amazon's news. Now, uh, last week I went along and had a look at the new Panasonic Full HD 3D projector. Now they had this yeah, they had this set up in a in a real cinema. So um, this was at the Bridge Bridgeway uh, Cinema. 
on Auckland's North Shore. And they in that particular cinema, they've got a lovely sort of mini, uh, you know, sort of small room for watching uh, digital movies. And it seats, I'm guessing, around 20 people, something like that. Yep. And they had that projector set up in there. And first of all, we saw watching uh, in 2D, just watching some of Avatar. And then after that, we switched on the uh, 3D glasses and watched it in 3D. And boy, that just looked absolutely stunning. How much? Uh, I think it's 6.5K, if I've got the uh, numbers right. Mm, I thought you were going to say something stupid like 16 or 20. Yeah, no. That's actually come down a lot. So So these are active active, um, uh, glasses as well. They've got a sort of... a sw- a battery powered glasses? Yeah, they are. So um, they, you know, they they flick on and off from eye to eye and so on. Um, and they've done some interesting stuff there as well in advancing that because it used to be that um, between you seeing each thing, there was a there was a large block of time where you didn't see anything, and all the flicking on and off and so on dealt with that. But they've they've adjusted that stuff to improve it. And and actually, there's a whole lot of adjusting you can do in terms of the level of 3D so that you're not you know, um, wearing out your eyes too much and so on. So it was quite, it was quite, uh, quite flexible, I thought. Okay, the cost projector is not bad. Let's be honest about mm. that. It's a pretty good price. But the cost of the glasses. So they come with a couple of glasses, and the glasses now are down to ninety nine dollars. Okay, that's that's this all right. Is, this is becoming affordable for having actually three D in, in in the house. Mm. Mm. I'm not going to be able to get this past the wife still. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean neither. But wow, that's getting pretty cool. It's getting close. Yeah. So I mean, it just, it looked absolutely stunning. At least it looked, you know, certainly no worse than any 3D I've seen in a cinema before. Great. If nothing else, uh, or if anything else, probably you know, better in some ways. Very, very, yeah, clear picture. Now this is this is kind of exciting because. You go to a cinema and you watch 3D movies and you think, this is so cool. It's just so clear and everything. And I remember sitting behind a lady in the cinema and she came, turned to her partner or a friend or whatever and said, this is so cool, we're going to get 3D for home. And I thought to myself, you're going to be so disappointed because you're going to go and buy a 32-inch 3D screen and you're not going to have the same immersive feel that a big screen's going to have. Doing it on projector, you're going to get that cinema feel at home. Yeah, well, and it was totally that. Now, the couple of things to consider... This was probably one of the best places in the country you could sit and watch 3D because it was totally blacked out and so on, right? So your home environment may not be so good. Mm-hmm. May, may be different in, in some people's cases, Brad. Um, <laughs> uh, so it depend, depends how well you've set up your uh, your cinema environment at home or, or, or whether you've just got your projector sort of on, on top of a, a pile of uh, boxes and uh, you're still moving house. Paul. Um, Paul. Yeah. Um, et cetera. <laughs> so, so that's something to be reminded. Now, the other thing around 3D is that you end up with about half the brightness level. So this was right. a 2,000 oh. lumen projector, but you have to realise that uh, if you're using it in a lit situation, because um, the way the glasses work between flicking uh, from eye to eye, so you get that 3D view. Uh, yeah, effectively you're you're in a um, you're in a position where the brightness is reduced in 3D mode compared to 2D mode. So 2D is fine. 3D just you lose half of it. Uh, approximately, yeah. So so I mean, when you think about it, you're probably not going to usually sit down and watch a, a big 3D movie or or event Olympics and those sorts of things that you know ultimately will end up all being sort of you know 3D. In the middle of the day, quite so much. You'd, you know, you'd probably want to, uh, um, you know, do that during the evening. But I, yeah, I guess some big sports events could be any any time. So, but certainly for movies, that's more an evening type activity, isn't it? Yeah. So it's, it's less of a concern, but it's something you've got to bear in mind. Let's be honest. If you're going to get one of these, you're probably going to be into the home theatre set and have a theatre yourself. I mean, it's you've, you've probably got a minute to at least get up and close the curtains, eh? Yes. <laughs> no, but if you're in, if you're going to buy one of these, you've probably got a self-closing curtain system anyway. Um, it just it's it's going to be it's going to be the upper end of home theatre still, very much so. Yeah. So. But what what we what we're seeing here is that 3D will just actually be the norm because the bit that enables the 3D, yeah, there's some processing stuff inside the uh, projector that that handles that. 
and there's a uh, infrared transmitter that talks to the glasses, and there's the glasses. So in the scheme of it, there's actually, in theory, this will just be the norm with every TV and every projector in the future will just be 3D enabled, and they may or may not come with those add-ons. That's very. So, that's a you very, that's, you're exactly right. I mean, the mm. TVs are going that way now. If you look mm. at things like Freeview, that was a special add-on. Now you go into every store and Freeview is just the default. Just standard. Yeah. So no, you, you're right. I mean, in two years' time, you know, and this is the thing. I mean, for me, I, I would wait still until it becomes more of the norm. At the moment, it's still just that it, it's become a lot more affordable. But yeah, I just. I would also like to see it in a. Well, it depends how keen you are to have it, right? Yeah, if but you're keen I mean, to get in now, there, there's no of, reason why not to. It's you know, it is affordable, um, but it's just going to become mainstream. But you you saw it in a proper cinema, and again, I would want to put it in my cinema at home and just see what it's like in a home cinema, not in a very sterile. Be, they probably sat there for a few days, got it right, got it tuned, and everything. Oh, I'm not sure about that, but you will get your chance because we have one of these units coming, <laughs> and uh, I we, like we will we will get that set up. In That's, your home yeah, cinema. Yeah, I'll take and down the we'll camera. And we'll be able to talk about that in a future podcast episode. We get one of those. So, we're having so popcorn night. you guys can uh, can give some, some of your feedback and uh, and you can tell us how bad your eyes hurt. Because that is the flip side of, yep. of all of these devices uh, that do 3D, that there is an impact on your eyes. And, you know, for some people, they'll they'll be oh, afterwards. We could also try it at my house because it's my house is kind of like watching television 10 feet off the sun at times. So, you know, we'll see how well it works in a bright room. <laughs> I don't think they're going to get this projector back, are they, basically? Well, where are we getting We're going to have to Let's test it here, here and there at my place. It's going to be in my office because I'll use that instead of my monitor for a couple of months. <laughs> um, yeah, we're, we're going to be in all sorts of problems with these guys, if but we, never mind. Let's not tell them that around. until after we've got the projector. Um, all right, <laughs> next on the agenda. Now... Roku with yes. their boxes, they've um, they've done some deals in terms of um, adding um, more content to to their device, right? Yeah. So um, over the last week, um, if you uh, we well, heard us talk about the Roku and Roku's have a ribbon styled interface that goes through it. Um, one of the or two of the new channels that you can add now is a is a Disney channel. So people might be laughing, laughing, going, "Oh, Disney!" But what it is, especially for the kids, which mine absolutely love it now, you suddenly got um, access to all this free Disney content, as well as a whole lot of other services that they're growing in there. You can see they've got coming soon. Did, now, did we, I think we probably sort of just jumped jumped ahead for those who haven't heard the previous episodes. The Roku box is a little box that plugs into your TV just for for content, yep. similar to Apple TV and various other, you know, other but it is um, TV, not other other boxes. Yep. Okay. So keep and going. and. Um, um, so they've added, they've added these channels and they're really starting to expand the content. Now, they've also done a deal with Google. Now, they originally had a YouTube channel in there and it was illegal. So Google got them to pull it. Now, they've been working with Google and they're going to have an official YouTube content channel because we all know Google or YouTube is moving in that direction. And they're actually, that'll be released in the next week or two, if not out now. I haven't checked in the last 24 hours. So, But the Disney channel is definitely there. So if you are looking at... the at, at, um, having an online like Netflix and that you've now got free access to the Disney channel for a lot of the kids content as well which is kind of cool I mean it's starting to grow up a little bit is it geo locked I haven't tried I'll try it tonight because mine's going through my US VPN yep, yeah. and if you want to know more about that go to the nztechpodcast.com website and it's all about there Yep, we've got all the tricks on setting up the Roku and any of the other things to get Netflix services from within New Zealand now other news Microsoft's Windows Phone 7.5, the Mango version, yes, has it's out. landed on devices all over the world. Now, it's not pushed out to every device everywhere, so there will be New Zealand users with their HT trophy, HTC trophies and other devices that may not have seen that update alert yet. Uh, but there are a fair few people that have got it for various reasons, and there's some tricks up there on the Windows Phone NZ.com site about sort of pushing, giving that a little bit of a push if you... Uh, if you don't want to keep waiting and you haven't been offered the update. There is, uh, there are some, even some devices have split revisions of hardware. So the Samsung Focus, for example, uh, 1.3 version hardware is getting that update now. The 1.4 is not going to get it till the end of this month. Okay. So that's something that came through the other day. And we, we've, uh, at the office I work at, we have, uh, we've got Samsung Focuses, and there's one, the one phone that we can't update is the CEOs. He's on the 1.4 hardware. But uh, it's something just to keep an eye on that uh, there is still a delay on some hardware. 
um, just specific. I don't know why the they're, they're streaming it out really slowly around the world. And now, yeah. from what I've read out, on, especially in the European countries, is that they're just doing a slow drip feed over the, over the next month. You know, X amount, and just slowly do it. They don't want to do the big bang approach. I was listening to. Um, Oh, I can't remember his name now. He was the head of the app development team with inside the Mango team, and he was just saying that they're just being a lot more controlled in how they did that. The, the no no do alert um, update was a bit of a disaster, and they've hired a new guy um, to sort of run this whole process now, and he's really been quite meticulous around how it all rolls out. So you, uh, I've I've uh, my, updated mine. Okay, I I'd actually heard that one point three one point four issue on the uh, Samsung was that was what people were saying pre-release, but when it came out that they'd actually that wasn't the reality. I've seen I've seen a lot of news. Uh, the official word from Samsung um, and AT and T on this is that they are delaying the one point four, which is interesting because I actually hit a wall with the one point four device when I went to my uh, dev beta update of Mango. It wouldn't work. So um, there is something slightly different about the hardware there, but I mean I've been able to upgrade from my dev into the live Mango software, and I have to say even from the beta dev version to the live uh, release version, it's like day and night, just day and night in terms of functionality. It's so cool. Excellent. Oh, well, that's uh, that's good to hear. We're certainly looking forward to hearing about some new um, devices coming to New Zealand from um, you know HTC. Uh, we know Samsung have, have uh, are coming into the market this time around, uh, so we're, we're really looking forward to seeing what other uh, other devices are coming. And of course, we know that Nokia have uh, have a bunch of devices launching uh, inter- internationally. And yeah, hopefully we're not kept waiting too long here in New Zealand for uh, for those products. So yeah, now other news about mobiles. What's happening with uh, with Apple tomorrow, guys? What are the predictions? They're going to create a Big Mac. <laughs> no, seriously, <laughs> they've they've got their um. Obviously, Apple have got their huge event. Now we record this on a Tuesday, which is the fourth um, of October, fifth um, of October New Zealand time, fourth in the US. They're going to announce the next flavor or version of the iPhone devices. Yeah, and what we, I mean, what the. All everyone's predicting is that there's going to be two flavors of the iPhone. There's going to be, we think it's going to be called the iPhone 4S, which will be a mid-range priced device to compete with the Android devices. Probably be a slight variation of the current iPhone. 4s yeah, it'll that be a little bit, it'll be, it'll be a little bit more grunty, but it just won't have the full sort of hardware feature set. And then there'll be an iPhone 5, which, which is a, there's a lot of speculation. I mean, from what I've read, I've heard everything from 12 megapixel camera, um, you know, two grams lighter, ultra thin. Um, different glass um, and stuff like that. So they're really just focusing on the aesthetics of the phone and, and, the, and the power of what it's got. I mean, from what we've heard, and we don't know, and we're also hearing that they're going to have this new thing called the Assistant app, which is a company that um, Apple bought oh, a few months ago or maybe a year ago yeah, for two, $200 million. So, and this you'd, is you'd expect if they've spent that sort of money that they'll get something good out of them. Yeah, you hope so. But um, And this will bring in the ability for them to... Um, you can say, I'm just going to sort of summarize it. It's like you can say, oh, you, you can search for, you can say, I want to look for movies. And it'll bring in all the movies, video stores and everything. And it's like a little assistant that will tell you everything about that particular topic that you've spoken to it about. So it's like a search engine, but it's not a search engine, if that makes sense. So, um, but yeah, they're, it's a, they're calling it a virtual personal assistant, a VP, right. VPA. So, All right. oh, I, we'll I don't think there'll be an iPad 3. I we'll can't look, we'll look forward to hearing yeah. some official news on that. And yeah, everyone's sort of thinking that there's yeah, there's not going to be a new iPad just yet, right? That seems no. to be the consensus. But isn't Facebook launching an app at this launch event? Yes, there, there for is, the iPad. There is something that Apple are doing with Facebook, which is which is is good to see because they were sort of falling behind a little bit in that um, uh, social networking space with with iOS. So so maybe they'll um, bring out some new features of I, iOS five perhaps in the launch tomorrow. Possibly that, things that, that haven't been that. seen during the beta beta yep. period. That's quite possible. Yeah. Yep. So uh, and as we talked about last week, the um, the sort of the the inside track we've been given suggests that we will see uh, new iPhone devices becoming available in New Zealand around the beginning of November. Um, now tomorrow we'll either be proven right or wrong on that, or maybe it'll take a little while longer for them to even announce the international availability. Um, so let's wait and see on that. And we've also heard that there's unlikely to be a huge amount of stock 
available locally um, on the new product once it ships. So, did I read right? These are being manufactured in Brazil. Did I see that in a blog recently? That uh, some of the leaked photos that have come out. Yes, of out of Brazil. Was yep. Brazil. Yeah, it was yeah. Out of I mean, I think it, it. I mean, vendors tend to sort of spread out their manufacturing, and I mean, we we know a lot of stuff happens in China. But it's not unusual for things to be done in, in parts of the sort of former Eastern Europe and um, and even you know starting to see some of that uh, South American production stuff happening as well. So I've like seen a lot of cars hap- you know produced down there for those local markets. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how much production they get out of countries like Brazil. Um, clearly, this is going to be a huge demand product. I mean, everyone's going to buy one from the Apple Apple base. And especially if they're bringing in a low-cost version, that's definitely going to that's going to be a hot seller, I think. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing one. That's all I can say. Oh, you're, will, you're an early adopter, mate. You, you suffer from early adopter syndrome. Hey, we have to be here on the NZ Tech Podcast. <laughs> Otherwise, we'd be sitting and talking about these things that we read about in magazines and have never seen or touched. <laughs> so uh, that's, that's an important part of... Of our service to the New Zealand community. No, but we, we're going to really cover, I think, we're, we're going to have quite an in-depth show next week on the um, Apple announcements. We will so, do. Yep. So we'll try and really dive into a lot more. Rather than spending an hour speculating on what it could be, let's wait till the results come out tomorrow. Yep. Oh, come on. Well, I was having fun. Now, Xbox 360, the new dashboard, which is the whole new user interface we see every year. We're usually seeing a new dashboard update. Um, there's some of that's been leaked on the internet, and it's looking pretty cool. Skip, tell us your thoughts. I, um, my initial thoughts: when you buy an Xbox, you put it in. It's a gaming device with leanings towards video entertainment. This new dashboard update makes it the home entertainment device for sure. It sort of makes it more accessible to uh, general people at home. My, my classic example is. Um, uh, my wife for, won't won't use the Xbox for showing videos and stuff because the interface is a little bit mechanical and a bit clunky. So the new interface is very much, uh, well, it'd be fair to say, much more like Windows 8, um, the interface we've seen. Yeah, it does um, look like Windows 8 and, win- and Windows Phone, that whole sort of Metro, the metro sort blocks, of style, doesn't yep, it? Yeah. And sliding your screen from left to right. Um, it takes the full power of Kinect, so it uses the full motion um, being able to use your hand to slide back and forth um, between, I guess, screens. You can select different uh, aspects of a screen. So you can be in a, a movie screen and be able to select the movie you want to play or the game you want to play just with your Connect by hand. But it also has um, a, a lot of the voice stuff. So you can actually, you know, it's, I guess it's called keywords, speak keywords to the Xbox, you know, play movie, play find this and that sort of stuff really leverages on the power of um, Bing search as well. I mean, it, and not just in a global sense, but also for your box to be able to find material on your box. So you can pull find up. Find videos or games yeah, or I mean, my, my Xbox is getting full now with various different games and uh, video content we've downloaded from the Xbox um, environment. Um, so getting to that, so just making it a lot easier. So the whole experience is very slick. It's a very tidy, very clean-looking interface. And it, it just... I mean, the interaction, we were talking about it with one of the guys at the radio station we're at at the moment, and he's just sold on, on actually having an Xbox because you can do voice chat to it. You can be in the middle of a, a, a movie, and you can say, pause movie and walk off. Or you can say, play movie, continue, whatever. It just has that that personal aspect of um, using an Xbox without having to know how to navigate with a controller. And they've also announced that there are going to be some internet TV services coming into it as well, isn't there? Yep, so they've got, uh, I know that for sure in, from Australia based, there's going to be Foxtel. Uh, Foxtel are on board with that, so it's kind of like an on-demand and live stuff, I think. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how that pans out and how that works. The um, uh, Definitely it's going to be big in the States. Not so sure how it's going to play out here in New Zealand in terms of uh, that kind of uh, IPTV space. I'm guessing it'll have to wait for some sort of agreement with uh, Sky or TVNZ. We know that TVNZ are doing this with the uh, PlayStation platform, so they're definitely sort of open to spreading out there. But, um, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens from a local perspective on the IPTV stuff. Yeah, I, I do hope that um, that the the local uh, broadcasters will come on board with that because I think there's, you know, there's really some good opportunities it does take time for getting those sort of deals into into play, and I imagine, you know, we'll, we'll probably see what you know what we've seen in the past. You know, with a lot of um, uh, the video and 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 music type services, where 
yeah, the the focus will be on the biggest markets, and then hopefully over time we'll uh, we'll you know slide down to cover New Zealand. So. Um, I'm thinking that stuff's probably going to be based around sort of Microsoft-centric streaming technologies for the IPTV stuff, so maybe that's where it is. And I'd have to say, just on a side note, I've been using a few products that I know are powered by Microsoft. probably can't say what they are because they're all under some um, uh, marketing for other brands and stuff like that. But uh, most of the stuff that I'm seeing now from Microsoft in terms of live streaming is incredibly slick. Like, it just works, and it scales for your connection. So you can watch a video. It's quick to start. It'll scale for the speed that you've got, and then eventually it just... I mean, I I have not had much trouble with Microsoft streaming technology. I'm, mm. so well, I'm we've seen ex- that with some of the Rugby World Cup stuff, which from what I can see appear, you know, appears to operate on that sort of platform. That, that's what um, I'm picking as well. That, you know, they're, they're, and they're, it just seems more and more broadcasters are jumping on and using that technology, and it does, as you say, it, it does just seem to work, and it doesn't matter too much whether you've got a fast or a slow internet connection. If you've got a faster internet connection, you just get better quality, right? Or in the case of Rugby World Cup, if they are using the Windows technology... Um, then potentially uh, from what the other side of the world, man, I just felt so connected to what was happening down here uh, for the Rugby World Cup, and that's a slick app in itself. But mm, the, mm. you know, the streaming technologies, is, uh, even outside of Microsoft, the YouTube. I was going to say YouTube's a, a big one there. I mean, mm. they when you think about how much stuff they stream every minute of a day, mm. you know, and I mean, look, YouTube's just. Fantastic the way it streams. Yeah, and the HD YouTube stuff is incredible. Yep. So, um, and then there's Netflix as well. I've seen some stats saying that you know they're talking about maybe uh, soon it's going to be a third of all internet traffic in the US. Oh, it's beautiful. Is, is, is Netflix uh, movies? And I mean that stuff just it just seems to work extremely well. I have no so, pausing. It just works. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's great to see all those things moving forward. Well, we're really looking forward to that Xbox 360 um, update. Yeah. When's that coming what's, out? What's the timing for that? It's uh, November. Is that the 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 word we've sort of heard out there at the moment? Speculation. I'm I, not sure. There's anything sort of official. Out yet? I don't think Microsoft tend to announce dates, but the speculation seems to be around November. So let's let's hope that sort of November. I just want December. it now. I just want it now. No comment. <laughs> All right, sports. We never tell us anything. Now, in um, in other news, now jumping back to handsets, there there was some news that we, we've come across in the last um, day or two around um, handsets from HTC that run Android, and there really being some some. Potential security issues. It's a big one, actually. This that, one, I think. That yeah, that that aren't trivial. Now, um, I know it was reported a few months ago that there's been a you know 400 percent increase in um, in malware over the sort of the last um, year or so for uh, for Android, um, which yeah, in the scheme of things, that's that's not really ideal. Um, but this the, <laughs> that's the understatement okay, of the show, okay. isn't it? Okay, that's pretty shocking. But now what we're seeing with this um, this issue uh, on the HTC devices running running Android, there are reports saying that this issue is is far more serious than most of the sort of um, you know smartphone security issues we've seen in the past. And effectively, what they're saying is that um, that if you were to get um, a malware app on your device, it could just get access to so much stuff that normally would be locked down by yep. the security within Android. So, you know, it could get access to, you know, SMS messages and, you know, phone numbers, all sorts of contact information and, and personal information that normally an app uh, might not be authorised to access and it could take that and do whatever it likes with it, you know. Um, spread it around over the internet, etc. So, so we, and I was talking to Skip about this um, before we started the show, and he was basically explaining to me that um, if you were the H- HTC Android devices, you you log into your phone, you put the lock, you wait for the lock screen to come on. Skip, jump in if I get this wrong. You wait for the lock screen to come in, and it, it comes on after like a minute or two, and then you swipe the lock screen, Skip, and then basically that opens it up again, or do you have to do it one more time? Well, th- this depends, because there's a way, th- there's security risk around just apps on your yeah. um, device. But this exposes that, and then the uh, then a malware app can then exploit that and do everything from there. Malware, so the, yeah. Mal- Thank you. Um, so the, they will basically use that same vulnerability to get through things. But, I mean, the good thing, 
is that HTC are going to do an over-the-air update to fix this in a bit. They haven't given We're us the time. We're certainly hoping so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, well, they've announced, they've said yeah. that on their website, but they haven't said when, so... It depends. They're in a race now between all the um, script kitties for um, Linux trying to get out off the um, get something out there and um, exploit this versus um, HTC getting the, getting it out there. Okay, so there are two. There are two. Just to clarify, there are two security flaws: the general HTC flaw with malware getting yep. um, ap- ap- application. Yep. But AT and T, this is the one I was saying before. AT and T have a specific issue ah, yes. with their Samsung S two release. Where the lock screen. Oh, so that's not HTC work. at all. This is the Galaxy oh, S2. Oh, sorry, this is the Galaxy S2. Okay. So this is slightly different, but it's an Android related issue with the mm. AT&T release where basically you can open up your screen, it's got the lock screen, you wait for the screen to go to sleep, you put it on again, and the lock screen doesn't appear. So my question is. Is that is this a concern for Android? Because Android in the marketplace is is just going gangbusters. They are selling, you know, they're just selling so much product. It's you know, in in many markets, uh, Android handsets are you know outselling um, the iPhone by you know by a sizable margin. Um, you know, they're certainly dwarfing any sales of uh, of Microsoft smartphones. Um, People, the, it seems consumers don't seem to care. I mean, tech heads will chat about this and so on, but consumers will just buy whatever they are, they hear a lot about in the media or that they're offered when they walk into a store that's that's good value or on special this week. I so think is it going to make a big difference? I think two things: consumers have a bigger appetite for risk when it comes to mobile devices, so they're quite happy to buy. Uh, ignore probably some of the press about dodgy apps on a on an Android device type thing. Because you know the thought is it'll never happen to them. I'll never download an app that's dodgy. And it's not very exciting news for a newspaper or mainstream media to cover, is it? So oh, most right. of them aren't going to say too much unless it's really bad. Although you know we notice this one's in the Sydney Morning Herald, and you know has been has been picked up by a few of the mainstream media outlets. Now the flip side of that is that I think Windows Phone device and newer devices coming to the marketplace are um, are basically. Um, I guess succeeding on the backs of some hard lessons that earlier devices like the early versions of Google and the iOS have learned from and I know that Microsoft have been at pains to present the fact that you know applications definitely don't interact as much on their device as would a Google phone so you know if you do have a a malware app that does appear on a Windows Phone 7 device um, it's not going to have as much free reign as what a Google device would have for example so it's going to be an interesting lesson because I think uh, Google still need to try and support some of the uh, legacy that they've got on their product. So it's going to be hard for them to change the operating system overnight. And the like is with uh, iPhone might also be the same situation. It's going to be hard to change the mindset and create uh, an operating system that fights malware. Whereas Windows Phone 7, totally fresh new platform, and they can just do it all from scratch again. So it's it's going to be an interesting market space. I I mean, at the end of the day, people don't really care too much about security flaws on their Androids or iPhones because it's delivering what they get done each it's day. A cool, no, but the, the thing is a lot of consumers buy it because it's sexy or it's new or it's hip. I mean, the Apple gear is way more expensive, but yet it's it's, it's, very, it's cool to have, and Apple PR is fantastic at that. And, and the Androids the have been, Yeah, and, and, and Androids become quite cool and hip to have, you know. Um, so they, they are prepared to live up with up to that, so... Okay, so moving on, moving on, uh, also relating to Google and Microsoft, there's a story that's just come out in the last few days uh, that, that we heard about. Now, it was addressed pretty quickly, but Microsoft's antivirus and anti-malware software for Windows, um, Microsoft Security Essentials, had a little bit of an issue a few days ago. You yep. guys hear about that one? Yeah, so for about four hours, the latest security files for Security Essentials recognized Chrome as a virus. Well, I'm par- No, it's a feature inside Chrome, I should say. So, so and, and I, I looked online at some of the tech sites and how they were covering this, and most people would, were... Um, we're not so excited by the story itself, but they were. But but I saw people just loving the comments that were posted alongside a lot of these news articles. So NeoWin was an example, and if you read through the comments, there were so many people just saying, 
well, that's not a bug. Um, you know, Microsoft's anti-malware software should be getting rid of Chrome. It is malware. <laughs> you know, and I, yeah. And there were so many people saying that it was really, un, it was really uh, quite an unusual angle to to see such support for, and, and people were just you know laughing and really just enjoying that sentiment, yep. which is interesting because I mean Google Chrome has been growing so rapidly in market share, but there seems to be a flip side of people that obviously really dislike it. I, look, it's happened before. McAfee's done the same thing. Trend Micro, I think, have yes, also had I the same. That. The the problem with doing antivirus is that you look for signatures, signature trademarks of viruses on in applications, and occasionally, just occasionally, a signature actually is also seen in other other legitimate applications. So it's not not the end of the world. I mean, I know that um, uh, Norton's had one stage where you couldn't log on to Windows because there was a, a Windows startup tool that actually um, treat was triggering the antivirus. So then there had to be a patch for that. So I think everyone's kind of used to the fact that occasionally your antivirus does play up and cause problems and of just playing on the fact that hey, maybe Microsoft were having a bit of a dig at Google that day for well, It would have been good if it was April Fool's Day, wouldn't it? That would have been a really – wouldn't that be the best April Fool's joke? Oh, sorry. Just thought of that. But, yeah. No, look, I mean, for, for me it was um, – from what I read, I think they just, they just made a, they, they made messed up and they corrected – I think they said it was for four hours they corrected it. So, yeah, um, yeah no. It, look, it, it's – it's a mistake. They put their hand up. Good on them. Stuff happens. Fix it. Yep. Alrighty. Now, um, our next our next topic of um, our next topic on the agenda around odd issues. Um, these we've seen some PDF um, oh, yeah. sort of security things cropping up um, on the Mac. Yep. So what's happening at the moment is that there's um, malware. Yes, you've yeah, got it right. right. It's malware. Um, the malware on, on the Macintoshes is starting to get um, starting to grow quite heavily now. And the way that they're doing that is they're copying what the malware um, ver- people did for Windows, which is they hide it and they, or they make it look like a PDF file. So they send you that you get this thing saying Paul.Spain at NZTechPodcast.pdf, and people go, "Oh, cool! This is from Paul." They open that up, and the PDF, and of course, it injects a, a malware a payload. Now, the same thing's happening on, Mac, on Macintoshes. So there's this. Um, so this is doing the rounds at the moment, and of course, if you don't have antivirus on your Macs, you get yourself into trouble. So as we always say on the show, doesn't matter what the operating system, whether it's Windows, Linux, or Apple, please make sure you've got antivirus on there and you've got secure passwords because these things are getting more and more sophisticated. As Apple gets more and more popular, you're going to get viruses, you're going to get malware. Whether you're a fanboy, you don't want to admit it, the reality is this stuff's happening. So um, it's out there and it's been happening quite heavily in the last couple of months. Now, Treat it as a mark of respect for your platform that you've got viruses. Yeah, true. The virus writers only target popular platforms. So, yep, no, it's a good point. Now, on on that subject, um, I don't know if we, we ended up covering this one off last week. I think not. Um, Kaspersky, Kaspersky um, sorry, excuse my uh, minis- oh, yeah, my, yeah, my mispronunciation there. I'm doing a Brad there, aren't I? Yeah, go on, go do um, it again. So the guys at Kaspersky have uh, introduced a new um, antivirus and anti-malware license that you basically buy one license and it will cover all of your devices, so your PC, phone, uh, you know, tablet, etc. Um, which is which is really cool. So I think I think it's a good idea that you can get this one license and they'll cover everything as long as they've got products to cover all the platforms which which you're using. Now, what we what we do know is that you know some of the newer platforms um, haven't been heavily targeted yet uh, and also we, we're not seeing um, you know software from vendors uh, such as Kaspersky uh, for, for these platforms so there, there you go and it's supported by Jackie Chan yes yeah, yeah, Jackie oh, Chan yeah, does yeah, cool. yeah that's uh, he's all over their ads isn't he that's he pretty sure cool is. Um, now another little little news item totally uh off in a different direction, we have updated the NZ Tech Podcast website. Now this is cool because Paul Spain moved house this weekend and I was feeling a lot better and I was chatting to Paul. Now most people are unpacking boxes. What is Paul Spain doing the one day after he's moved in? He's 
updating our website. Not helping his wife open the boxes. He's working on our website. No, I was really impressed with this one. Well done, Paul. Yeah, and it looks great. It looks awesome, dude. Well now, done. Now I'm publicly in trouble in front of the whole country. Oh, Thanks, yeah, your boss. wife. Yeah. She, when you said you are downstairs unpacking, and you know, Paul was actually on his laptop trying to get the internet working, and then he said, oh, I'll just update the website. And he's going, he's sending me these beta links, and I'm looking, oh, it's pretty cool. Add this feature. I'm thinking, your wife's going to kill you. <laughs> but we're going to have some new features on the website, I've got aren't to say, we? My wife is an absolute legend at uh, project management. She managed all sorts of different people to do all sorts of things over the last few weeks, and I was just astounded. So, um, yeah, um, and and in fact, um, while while uh, most of the stuff was being uh, moved by the um, the uh, moving chaps doing all the heavy list lifting I was uh, in watching that uh, 3D uh, projector <laughs> launch so uh, um, so yeah huge kudos there so um, your commitment to the podcast is commendable <laughs> thanks guys so um, I mean so what, what's new about the website can you sort of for our listeners out there what are some of the cool things that are coming up um, I know one thing I've been begging for that you've put on there finally which is that we're going to have our own blog site now three of us are going to be blogging away um, and we'll start pointing people there for articles. But what else when, is up when, there? When you guys get around to it, yeah. So um, the 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 main the main change, I guess, is a uh, is a is a visual change. Um, the original sort of uh, design we had didn't um, didn't look perfect in some uh, in some browsers. So we've been changing sort of the look and the feel of the site a little bit more. Uh, we've been tagging some of the content uh, with topics, so you can go through and if you've got an interest. In a particular uh, area, maybe you want to listen in to all the episodes where we talk about Android. Then you know you can find you can click on an Android uh, tag, and you'll see all of the all of those episodes come up that uh, where we talk about nice. Android uh, things like that. We've got um, we've got of course a little tag cloud as the, as well there, so you know you'll you'll find that sort of little uh, little bubble. There's search in there. There's um, we've had this for a while, but often has has gone unnoticed. There's um, there's a little blog roll with um, links um, to some some of our external um, uh, blogs and bits and pieces. But as Brad says. We uh, have got a blog section within the site now, and uh, we're we're certainly hoping we'll be pulling together some uh, some more content in there. If you click on that link at the moment, you'll see our guide on how to set up Netflix in New Zealand, and of course that also covers other services like Hulu, Hulu Plus, Amazon Video, etc. So I know we talk about that a lot on the show. This is this is how you can get get in there and and uh, and see that. According um, to the tag cloud, not as much as we talk about HP. Well, not all of the articles have been tagged yet, so um, so I'll, I'll you know the tag cloud's probably a little bit off, but no, uh, I think it looks we're, awesome. We're dude. getting that filled out. Um, so yeah, there will be more information sort of coming there over time. And if any of our listeners are keen on contributing at all, and and they would like to um, write up some blog posts on on um, topics that they think would be of relevance to our audience, then uh, definitely get in touch and drop us a note. Feedback at nztechpodcast.com. Um, you know, we're certainly more than more than happy to um, to you know have content that that's written up on the uh, various sort of subjects that that we're discussing. So uh, yeah, definitely definitely drop us a line. Yeah, and I mean, I think the other thing we'll try and do also is maybe publish the um, live stream as well as on Geek Zone. And if we ever do a video feed, we'll post it up there. So. Um, yeah, we'll we'll look at advancing that, but but it yep. looks awesome at the moment. And also, just a reminder um, that most most weeks now we are doing a uh, we have a live uh, chat session running alongside the podcast for those who want to listen into an episode uh, live. You can join that chat, and on the chat there's always a link to the current uh, audio stream. So uh, feel free to uh, join us via via that via Geekzone chat. So if you go to the Geekzone homepage, geekzone.co.nz, on a Tuesday, uh, you'll find uh, the link and all of the details there. So that's the way that you hook in and uh, and participate. Um, just as a thing, I've had uh, one of the guys that is actually listening to the stream now just uh, Twitter me. To, to let, he said to let everyone know that he's got fours of four, and it's absolutely phenomenal. So Craig Brock, who's uh, been playing it since he first got it today, apparently fours of four, which has been released for the um, Xbox, is stunning. Excellent. Incredible. So he just said to say, he goes, listening to the show, love it. I let everyone know. So Craig, cool. thank you. Fours of four, Craig. awesome. Yep, nice, nice. Uh now that's um, that's prob- that's probably us for this week. I think we're uh, we're almost out of time. 
Um, now, one one last topic is there is a cool robotics event happening. <laughs> you guys don't do very good R2-D2 impressions, man. I think you guys can do a lot better. We need, we need you to go on some, um, some training. Um, so, there, yeah, there's a robotics event um, coming up in Auckland uh, next week. I think that will be happening at the uh, at the cloud downtown. So um, um, this is the inter- I think it's the international sort of um, it's like the uh, I think they call it the schools robotics world cup. Um, so that's happening. We'll try and um, collate the de- the uh, the link to the details of that and put it up uh, with our show notes on the nztechpodcast.com site. So yeah, a question. So is this going to be like a robot battle? Uh, robot uh, sort of tests of skills or some sort of robot beauty pageant type thing? What are, what are we looking at here? <laughs> yeah, beauty pageant, I think, uh, Skip. Uh, are you entering your uh, your robot? No, uh, I've, I've, got, got, I've got the ugliest robot in the world. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, what, what sort of thing are we going to see at this? That, what, what, do, you, do you have a feel of what it's going to be like? They did, the, the guys did send me through some info a few weeks ago with a, with a bunch of the details. Um, and I have since um, put those aside somewhere in a very important place. <laughs> And uh, as it happens right now, I can't answer that question. But oh, okay. I think there, there's a but there's actually a bunch of events. So there's a um, there there is one that's I guess sort of sort of tied sort of associated well not associated formally but um, tying in with the Rugby World Cup stuff. So they've got a robots versus human uh, kicking competition. <laughs> so they'll basically have robots trying to kick the ball further than um, than maybe some of the uh, rugby players. Um, and then so that's happening on October. October the tenth at Victoria Park. Um, Unfortunately, and Dan Carter's probably not going to be available for that one. No, that's a pity, isn't it? Yeah. Um, there's some other stuff that he's not going to be available for as well, mm. which is even more of a pity, unfortunately. Um, the School Robotics World Cup, that's October 11th to the 13th at the Cloud, and that's pretty uh, pretty open sort of access for those who want to go in and uh, and check that out. So that's on uh, on each day, 11th to the 13th. So that's next Tuesday through to Thursday. So, yeah, definitely if you're interested in these sort of things, uh, I think that will be a pretty cool event. And we'll definitely be getting down there to uh, have a bit of a look, and we'll be reporting back right here on the NZ Tech Podcast. So, uh, yeah. Hey, that's it. That's uh, that's our agenda for the week, guys. We're it's been back. good. It's been good. Nice to have you guys back in the studio. Yes, it's good to be back. And yes. thanks to everyone for uh, continuing to listen in. I uh, hope some of you guys caught our um, our episode last week, which was a bit of a different one, covering off all about the, uh, the social networking happenings out there. Um, but yeah, that's us. Until next week, of course, you can find us online, nztechpodcast.com. You can find us, nztechpodcast, on Twitter and facebook.com slash nztechpodcast. Uh, guys, your Twitter handles for those who want to uh, follow you online. Uh, Brad Bohr, B-R-A-D-B-O-R, or you can email Paul Spain, paul.spain at nztechpodcast.com. <laughs> yeah, thank, thanks for that. Uh, feedback at nztechpodcast.com is the official one. There you go. Um, and, and mine's Urban Kiwi NZ. For Twitter. Excellent. And my one on Twitter is just Paul Spain. So thanks very much for listening, guys. See you later. Bye bye. 